We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am really excited to have Chloe Sutterfield on the program. Chloe is a student at Virginia Commonwealth University. She is studying to become a journalist and wants to travel the world. She also really loves making music and playing sports. Her favorite type of music is rock and roll and pop, and her favorite sport is skiing. Chloe believes that everyone has a purpose in the world, and her purpose is to give people a different perspective on life. Chloe, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, so I want to start by asking you about some of the things that you like doing, because uh, you kind of surprised me in our pre-interview before telling me some of the things that you enjoy. So what are some of the things that you like doing, Chloe? I love making music on my phone and playing That's fantastic. Um, being able to do all those things seems like it may have been challenging. And what got you to where you are and how has your mother influenced you? My mom is a huge part of 
So you've said uh, to me before that your mom said that if you want to do something, it was all up to you. What is what does that mean? Wish you goodbye. Um if I would do something I I have to do it myself. Maybe you sounds like she's very supportive in taking you to sports when you were younger and you're an adult now and so you're you're making yourself do these things and it sounds like she instilled this idea about doing things and staying committed and not giving up at a at a very young age which I think is just super exciting yeah maybe I I I, I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> I imagine having that kind of support made you feel like you could do those things and that things were not impossible for you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some school experiences. Do you have a principal who made a big difference in your life, Chloe? Yes, my um, um I hope we got a new
He was all over that. There was a cat. The rest of the month was it. So, yeah, he was a good principal. So, and you said a good principal because he he recognized you as a human being first and not as someone with a disability. And I think yeah. that, that that's something that I've talked about hundreds of times on my podcast that we need to see our students in that light. And I just find it amazing that that's the, the first thing that you say about him was that he saw you as a person first. And it's, it's really easy for someone who, um, who doesn't have a disability to see other people with disabilities as people with disabilities, um, as disabled people. And that's really what you're saying made the difference was that he was someone who, who didn't see you that way. He saw you as a human being. I just think that's so, um, so important. It is, it is, because if you want to be a good principal, um, clean everybody equally is a main part of that. Yeah, I I think that is absolutely the truth. Um, so you want to go into music and journalism, and those are two forms of communication. And I'm interested in hearing why you chose these paths and why we don't see more people with your communication style in these professions. Um, yeah, I First of all, I've been making music since I was 12 or 13. And I figured out that music can help me get my voice out there and get my point across because if I just talk, a lot of people don't understand me Oh, what? 
What I appreciate about that, Chloe, is that you, you, even though it's um, difficult for people to understand you sometimes, and even though people aren't always willing to take the time, as you mentioned, to listen to you, you still have something to say. And I think that those who do take the time to listen will be blessed for taking that time to listen. And um, and I know that in in our brief conversations so far. Um, I've already been inspired by what you have to say and the way that you carry yourself and what you're what you're interested in. And those are things that if I didn't take the time to get to know you and understand what you're saying, I'd be missing out on that. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that is um, that, that that's what we experience in life. And just because someone may have a different, life circumstance than us doesn't mean that they don't have value and can't contribute value to what we're doing as well. Yes, I totally agree. So I, I want to ask you about how you've dealt with people who don't believe that you can do the things that you can do. And I admit, even I was surprised when you said that you were captain of your soccer team and that you like to go skiing and all the things that you do. So how do you deal with people who don't believe that you can do what you can do? I will. First of all, I that if I just told them that I can do all these things, chances are they're not going to believe me. So I gave up more talking 
about it. And I just do it. I, I really like that approach because it, it shows that um, people who aren't going to take the time to listen, they're going to see it. And a lot of times being able to see things is what, uh, what makes us believe that they're actually possible. And, and I think that that is really exciting and you're setting a great example. And so growing up with cerebral palsy has different challenges than what many of us have experienced in our life. Uh, so what should school leaders know about helping people who do have disabilities um, in the school system? Well, first, keep the open mind because a lot of times no, no, no. People have always different. Everybody's different. Don't go into a situation assuming things because you might not know exactly what's going on. So you have to have an open mind with everybody. Even people who don't have disabilities, having that open mind helps the situation more than if people so we know that assuming is bad to begin with, but what you're saying and what I appreciate is that even if, you know, you may have some experience with someone with a specific disability, you still need to go in with an open mind about what they can accomplish because just because you have cerebral palsy and manifest in, in one way doesn't mean that the next kid who comes in with cerebral palsy is going to be exactly like you, right? Exactly. So beyond having an open mind or, or rather developing on that idea further, how do we go in with an open mind and take the time to listen uh, to what family circumstances are, what kids' abilities are, how do we have more of an open mind in the educational space? Well, like I said before, don't 
I think one thing that prevents school personnel from asking questions is that um, we don't want to be offensive in asking, you know, things that could make make us seem ignorant or make us seem like we don't know uh, enough about the student. I think that fear of of coming across that way could be an impediment to us. So, so how do we? How do how do you make it feel comfortable to ask questions and not just assume? How do you how do you invite teachers and principals and your professors now in college to get to know you and your situation better? As a college student, I have what in accommodation from the Office of Disability in every semester at the beginning of the semester I email that out to my professors to give my heads up that I'm going to be in the class. Now, that wasn't the case growing up. I have a IEP and that, that was kind of like my accommodation now. It, Probably have a lot more stuff on it going about my disability, and that probably helped. 
think that that is the case most of the time that people do want to help they do want to support and they just don't always know how to do it so when I was in college I took a a class called ancient Greek um, or it was called new new testament Greek and there were only about six or seven of us in the class and we met in a conference room and there was a young man who had Tourette syndrome in there with us and before he he came to the first class he had had the professor tell us that he was going to be in the class and that he was going to have ticks that would um where he would make loud uncontrollable noises in the middle of class and we were in a small conference room you know there are only six or seven of us not very many and um and he wanted people to know beforehand what to expect while he was there is is that something that for me that that certainly helped is that something you recommend that um that you you advocate and say, this is what it's going to be like with me in the class, or do you need, do you just wait for people to experience you firsthand? Uh, oh, I've never really had to do that but I grew up Everybody knows everybody and everybody knows me if I didn't know me then of me so I think that really helped my situation now in college like I said I said now that was saying that I have 
So you you mentioned you send out an email to your professors now with your accommodations that you're requesting or that you need and um, and in elementary school and, and K-12 you had an IEP. How involved were you in making an IEP for yourself? And I assume that changed as you got older to where it sounds like now you're basically saying this is what I need. And um, and how did how did that process look as you were growing up? Well, you know, in the very beginning, my parents don't that and I, I just knew it was going on and my teachers were having and being about me and what I need. Now, I think it was great that I actually started going to my IEP meeting because my, my mom wanted me to be involved. And I didn't have a problem 
I love that story that you shared about speaking up in your IEP meeting when you're in fourth grade. And I think that uh, for any fourth grader to say, this is what I need and this is what's going on. Excuse me, sixth grade, excuse me. Um, even for a sixth grader to be able to, to say, this is what I need and this is what you're not doing well and what needs to happen better is a really is a really big deal. And, and for you to, to say that and to say it with, um, with such uh, clarity and conviction is I think really a testament to the, the value that you're placing on yourself as a human being and that you expect everyone else to place on you as well. And, you know, you talked about going in with an open mind and not assuming things and there are still going to be barriers, even when people have an open mind and don't assume things. So, how do you manage when the barriers pop up and you're still faced with them? What do you do when those barriers are there? I think about break them down in you know you can't always go around barriers you have to be able to confront them and like I said, break them down. Um, I know I've done that, not just in school, but throughout my entire life I've had barriers and I've 
That's, that's really powerful. And I think being able to break down those barriers and recognizing that they're going to exist no matter what is, is incredibly powerful. One of the other things we talked about is, uh, is slowing down and having patience and education. And it seems that there's so much pressure to you know teach so much in a certain year and everybody to go at, at the same speed. Why is it important for us to have patience and slow down in education? First of all, not everybody goes at the same speed. But that doesn't mean they can't learn them. And yeah, I, I was one of you are about this and you provide people Yeah. 
And when you when you talk about that, you make me think about how we all have this potential inside of us and a, a school's curriculum is not determined based on who those kids are that are there. It's not determined based on what those kids actually need. And what you're saying is that, you know, we have this certain pace at which kids are quote unquote supposed to learn as determined by people who don't even know those kids and it's, it's mind boggling to think that that's what is going to be best for them. And what it sounds like you're advocating for is that we take the time to go as fast as every kid is able to go and, and to not try to make them go faster um, than, than they're capable of. And I love that approach because I think that that is good for every single kid and not just for some kids, whereas our current system is good for kids who don't have disabilities, don't have struggles, don't have difficult home lives. Uh, it, it's and it's good for the teacher, but it's not good for those individual students.
Um, I, I just love that comment. It doesn't matter how fast people go, it just matters that they get there. I really appreciate that. And I think that is something that we all need to hear, especially now with all the challenges that we have in our world, more important than ever is us recognizing where each individual student is at and meeting them there and not leaving them in the dust because we think they, they aren't capable. Um, I, I want you to know, Chloe, this has been an honor for me uh, to be able to interview you today. I so appreciate your story. I so appreciate your perspective. And it's been really fantastic. And I hope people who are listening have had the patience to slow down and take the time to listen and learn from you because the things that you are saying from your experience, I think have applicability to people in many other walks of life. So I want to say thank you very much for that. Um, in closing, the last question I ask every guest is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal? Keep an open mind, like I said, and try to take action. Because if you don't take action, what's the point of it? Oh, yeah. I think that's great advice. Have an open mind and then take action. And really having that taking that action is what's going to make a difference for people. Um, again, Chloe, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being part of Transformative Principle. It means the world to me that you take the time to do this. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I was talking to Jesse Rodriguez, who works with I'm Determined um, at... Uh, I think it's George Mason University. I can't remember, but anyway, he, uh, James Madison. All right. All that stuff on the East coast. It, uh, it's tough for us West coasters. Um, <laughs> so, uh, when I talked to Jesse and wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about, I'm determined, he said, it would probably be better if you speak with one of our mentors, which is Chloe. She would be a great guest and, and he was absolutely right. And so I wanna thank him. And at, at some point we'll have an interview with him and he'll talk about the program overall. But we, we kind of just breezed by that. And I just wanna mention that you, you said that because of I'm determined, you had the tools to be able to advocate for yourself. And I think that that is really important as we're finding ways to help kids advocate for themselves with or without disabilities, we need to find those organizations that are gonna help them do that. Yeah, I'm my life in a lot of different ways. And it's kind of just me into the person I am today. 
help me realize that I can advocate for myself and for other people. So thank you, I'm Yes. Uh, well, Chloe, thank you again so much for being part of Transformative Principle, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.